All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Hey, Gal Pal Nation, welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal and, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. So what did I learn this week? Sometimes it's really important as college fans that we ask really good questions. So I have been very silent about the Baylor rape scandal. I have been silent for a reason, because last year, my own beloved university went through something very similar, where a student accused a fraternity of a horrific crime, and then the university was accused of covering it up. Well, a lot of what was found in that original Rolling Stone article was deemed to be untrue, and so no one knows exactly what happened. But a very similar situation is happening in Baylor right now, only this we know is true. A girl was raped. And it looks like an athletic department tried to at least cover up what they knew to their own fan body. So here's what I know. Texas Monthly is a great uh, issued an amazing report on this whole scandal. It, the link of it will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal and on sportsgalpal.com. And basically... They had a player, I'm not even going to address him by name, um, that transferred in from Boise State. Um, He raped a girl. She left school, pressed charges, um, and he's been convicted. Good. We got a rapist off the street. That's great. And I want to say this really carefully. I don't feel like there was anything Baylor could have done to prevent this man from actually raping a woman. Because this man would have raped a woman. He just seems the evidence and the way he's been described in the media and the way that the court testimonies are, he would have eventually raped somebody. But what they could have prevented was him coming onto the campus in the first place. Now, that's a whole separate issue because it looks like Boise State is claiming where he transferred in from, that they claimed that they let him know that he was very violent. The coaching staff at Baylor is going, no, we never heard that. It's a very he said, he said kind of situation. And again, I don't really have a problem actually with Baylor taking on this student. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened in Boise State. We don't know if, you know, the guy um, told the coaching staff at Baylor, hey, I'm reformed, I'm going to do better. You know, you don't know. I mean, you don't know. I, I would have had grave reservations taking him on as a student athlete, but they thought they didn't need to take those reservations, I guess, or they supposedly didn't know about it they knew about it. But what I have a problem with is after he was accused, after there was a rape kit, that he was not removed from the football program. I have a major problem with that. They didn't necessarily have to kick him out of school, but they certainly didn't have to keep him on his scholarship at Baylor while this was going on. They could have suspended his scholarship. Now, he has never played a down of football for Baylor University. In 2013, when he transferred in, when this rape happened, he actually had to sit out a year because he couldn't get waivers um, removed from the NCAA, largely because Boise State wouldn't sign off on it because they knew he was a rapist or he was at least violent. I guess he hadn't raped anybody yet. Well, he's a rapist now, so he's forever a rapist. But 
even after the accusations happened, and even after it took forever for the indictment to happen, the minute the indictment came into play, Baylor should have immediately said, we are removing his scholarship from this guy. He's been indicted for a crime. A crime. The minute that the Patriots found out that Aaron Hernandez was accused of murder, they cut his contract. He was done as a Patriot. They even had a big thing where they had people bring in their jerseys for Aaron Hernandez, and they turned him in for other jerseys. Uh, God knows how much that cost Robert Kraft. Probably way more than his suspensions. Um, pr- probably way more than the lawyers is taking to get Brady back into the game earlier than four-game suspension. But... Baylor University missed out. The minute this kid was indicted by court, he should have been off that football program, and he wasn't. According to this report in Texas Monthly, not even three weeks while the trial was going on, the athletic department made it seem like to boosters that this kid was coming back to play, that he was going to suit up, and that he was going to be a Baylor Bear. This kid graduated, for God's sakes. He got a freaking degree. And he's a rapist. I just, that's what blows my mind. And no one's talking about that. I don't care that Baylor let him in because guess what? There wasn't enough evidence, obviously, for him to be unfortunately arrested for the crimes he committed in Boise. So, or at least where he's serving long term sentences. Okay. So I get that. But after this, even after while the rape investigation was going on, I kind of get keeping him on the program because you don't know what's going to happen. Because if he's not indicted, then there's no sense in him, unfortunately, you know, for that girl. It's kind of like the Jameis Winston thing. There was no reason to kick him out of school because a girl, you know, accused him of something. There was no evidence that was found out by the state prosecutors, so they moved on. But in this case, there was evidence. There was a rape kit. There was you know, a trial. And during the trial, throughout the trial, he was still a Baylor student athlete. If I am a Baylor bear right now, I am hanging my head in shame. You should remove your alumni dollars because of that. Because the minute that he was accused, he should have been removed. He should have been gone from the school and the school should put a statement going, we don't tolerate that here. And guess what? As a mother of a daughter, I would have a real hard time right now sending my child to Baylor. I don't care that you are probably going to be in the college football championship this year. I don't care that you're going to be in that playoff. Right now, as a mom, I am pissed off. I think it is ridiculous. And I think it's ridiculous that no one is asking that coach these questions. It's okay if he didn't know beforehand. I don't know if he knew beforehand. I'm pretty sure he did. But if he chose to ignore it, that's on him. Fine. He couldn't have prevented this rape from happening. He really couldn't because he was going to rape somebody. But, and this is real important, he could have stepped up. This coach could have stepped up after the fact and gotten this guy off campus and made it easier for this girl to stay at Baylor. She transferred out. So I hope she's doing well. I hope she's gotten the closure she needs. And I hope that she's able to move on as much as she can with her life and be productive. And I hope that guy gets what his in prison. I have no problem saying it. So this is why I titled this what what I learned this week as the questions college fans need to ask. How many times are we going to see a controversy like this come out? There has been a lot. This is the second, by the way, sexual assault accusation in the past five years of this program. Boosters of Baylor, y'all need to look at this coaching staff and how much is a national championship really worth to you? Talk to the folks at Penn State because we know how much it was worth to them. Yeah, I said it. I did. I'm making everybody mad today. What can I say? I'm in a mood. Because 
guys, the point of college athletics, and as much as I love college athletics, I love it. The purpose of the university is not college athletics. It is not to be the NFL's junior league. It is not to be the NFL's development league. It is not to be the NBA's development league. It is to educate young people. That is his job. The academics are supposed to come before the athletics. And too often, it's gotten reversed. And the NCAA is of no help. They are useless. So I don't know personally how to fix it. I do know it's a problem. And I do know this, that the Big 12 needs to look at Baylor. The NCAA needs to look at Baylor. Baylor itself needs to look at Baylor. And you need to ask yourself again, how much is the win worth? One girl getting raped? Is that enough of a price? I guess so, because we haven't heard anything otherwise. So, yep, I'm in a mood. All right, let's get on with the show. So for today's episode, I have a double header for you. The first interview is Coach Anthony Leonelli. And boy, was he really interesting. I found him on Twitter lurking about, tweeting away, when all of a sudden he accidentally set off the entire UVA basketball fan base upon him. And there is a lot of us. So he, we go into that. But it's also great because we can talk about Division three sports. And I love Division three sports. I think that they're, you know, they're great athletics, great teams, great fan bases, and they deserve a little bit of attention. So I really like this guy a lot, and I hope you do too. All right, gals and pals, my guest today is Anthony Leonelli. He is entering his 11th season as a college basketball coach, and he is entering his second as the head coach at Green Mountain College in Vermont. This past season, the Eagles doubled their win total in Coach Leonelli's first season, and he is excited for this year's recruiting class. Um, I have him on for a couple of reasons. One, Division three schools are awesome. Their fans are terrific. And two, I happened to um, learn about him because he dared to question pack line defense. Can't wait to get that into it with him. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, let's get right to it. You tweeted um, on August 5th. Um, you were talking about, obviously, the NCAA speeding up the time clock and how it wouldn't help offense. Um, that's what I'm assuming. Correct me yep. if I'm wrong. And no, no. Put, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and you dared to put hashtag... This is hilarious, death before pack line. And I don't think you expected all of the Wahoo Nation to go, what in the world? So here's your stance. Sure, let me, yeah. let me, let let me, me run you let through me let how you know. Yeah, let me let you know. I am a proud graduate of Mr. Jefferson's University, and I'm a believer of the pack line. So, Hey, you should be. They do very well with it. <laughs> let me run you through what that afternoon was all about. So August in a college basketball office is a really interesting time because there's not a whole lot going on. Your students are home for the summer. July recruiting's over. So you're kind of just hanging out in the office. And I'm very active on social media. I found it's been very, very helpful for our recruiting. Um, and again, notice I say our recruiting on the Division three level. Because the last thing I wanted to do was <laughs> call into question one of the best programs to the ACC, because that's really, you know, apples to hubcaps kind of thing. But uh, so I always throw some things out there because, again, you know, for the most part, most of the guys we're recruiting want to play up-tempo, want to play full speed. And, honestly, I was throwing a shot more at some of the uh, – not at Coach Bennett, but some of the, the would-be Coach Bennett's that are on our level that just really squeeze the life out of the game. And I don't know how familiar you are with Division Three basketball, but a, but a 48-46 Division Three game is one of the worst things you could ever possibly watch. So I just kind of threw that out there. What I didn't take into account is that clearly – 
some Virginia fan somewhere has a Google alert with the word tax lines because in about five minutes I was just descended on by angry Virginia fans who obviously I had no problem with them the first last time I checked they're not on our schedule and, and won't be anytime soon so it was a really funny about hour of just basically my I then tried to backpedal and kind of tried to defend myself a little bit like hey you guys are winning do whatever you want down there but uh it was an interesting afternoon yeah I think that for the most part they treated you okay I mean there weren't any like too too many crazy people right Oh, no, it was really fun, actually. I mean, I really, you know, I had a good time. I've, I've actually sold a couple of our T-shirts to a few people. So it was, it was a productive afternoon overall. But well, was, that's uh, good. It was funny. That's good. <laughs> it was yeah, a funny, we, funny 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we take our defense very seriously. Like, if you ever get a chance, well, obviously you, you probably won't because you're busy coaching and training during basketball season. But if you ever get a chance to – go to a basketball game at John Paul Jones Arena or JPJ as we call it. The one thing that's really cool is that, yeah, we cheer for offense and that's true, but when that shot clock is winding down, it is Oh my gosh, it is an eruption. I mean, the entire stadium, it is shaking. Particularly if it's a big opponent like a Duke or UNC or Maryland. Oh my gosh. And then we're all tapping our heads going, come on, give it to me. Give it to me. So, yeah, (laughs) and we're all sensitive. Oh yeah, no, and and again, the media is is pretty unfair about it because there, there are a million and one ways to win basketball games. And that's a, you know, that's a good way to do it. It's funny. I actually have, I had three players this past year on my roster from Virginia and we'll be up to seven this coming year. I got them up to Vermont, but one of them in particular is, is a hardcore, uh, who's fan. And he was just, he was killing me before the, the, the general population got a chance to. So <laughs> it was pretty good. good. What's, what's that kid's name? Uh, it's Darius Wynn. He was our starting uh, our starting wing this past season and uh, transfer from Hamden, Sydney, and he was he was very good for us. Like I said, we had three Virginia guys. They all started for us this past year, my first year, and now we have four more coming in. So we've got a nice little pipeline going from the Charlottesville area. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, there's more more to Virginia than Charlottesville, but Charlottesville is my favorite part. So well, that's where um, all these got. Literally, all seven of them are from the Charlottesville area. So oh wow, that's interesting. That's Yep, that's our little pipeline. So. Yeah, so you, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, and you just never know. And I don't think people realize that, you know, it is important for Division three schools to recruit. And, you know, it is a smaller, you know, population as far as fans and, and media reach, obviously. But they're sure. still, like, you go to recruiting trips all the time. Oh, absolutely. You know, in July, I was in Virginia, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, you know, D.C., the, the whole deal. So, you know, we're always out and about, and uh, it's, you know, the, what I always tell people is there's anywhere from, you know, 8 to 15 Division One caliber players in every Division Three league in America. They just all wind up where they wind up for whatever reason, whether it's uh, it's an academic thing or a transfer down or, you know, or they just get missed. But there's the talent level. You know, because I started on the Division One level. I was a student assistant at the University of Akron in Ohio. And the talent level on the Division Three level definitely surprises a lot of people. Is it the same kind of raucous fans? Like, are you know, are, are these eagles screaming up there? Well, we're trying to get it there. Uh, you know, this is our, our first year, and it was uh, kind of a, a wait-and-see approach. But, you know, it's fun. The, the really good game environments on the Division Three level are really fun. It's usually old. You know, gyms with a lot of character, and they're gyms. You know, they're not arenas, so it's it's loud. You got you know some kid yelling, you know, four feet away from your huddle, and 
you know, the whole deal. So it's, it's, it's a really fun environment. That's the way Duke plays. So, you know, why not exactly. you guys too? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so is coaching like really satisfying? Do you love it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's always, I've always wanted to be around sports. I went down the path. I actually went to college as a baseball player, but I've always been kind of drawn to hoops and, uh, you know, I couldn't think about doing anything else. So the hardest part, you know, breaking in and just trying to establish yourself, especially on the division three level where there's, there's not a lot of money to be made, but I wouldn't trade what I get up and do every day with, you know, any of my friends that have quote unquote real person jobs. So what's a typical day like? Is it just like a normal division one school? Like, I mean, do you do kind of the same things that a Tony Bennett or coach K would do? What I would say is, you know, keep in mind that any division one staff has a full-time head coach, four full-time assistants, an operations guy, a video guy, you know, an academic advisor, all of those things. So take all of those hats and put them on one or two people. And that's a division three office. Uh, you know, my any given day will involve, you know, meeting with admissions about a recruit, preparing for our next game, ordering sandwiches, making sure the bus is going to show up on time. Like literally every element of, of running a division three program, which is why I always say, you know, you see a lot of assistants, especially in division one that have division three experience because those D1 guys know that they can handle pretty much anything on their plate because they've had to handle literally everything on the D3 level. Interesting. Yeah, you just you just don't think about, like, the progression of, like, some guys, you know, automatically get, you know, put into graduate assistant programs, and then they get sure. to be assistant coaches, and, and they stay in that Division One level. But, you know, I bet you there are a lot of guys who start where you are, where it's like, no, I'm starting in Division Three, and then maybe I'll work my way up, and maybe I'll stay in Division Three oh, yeah. forever, you and know, that's okay. I mean, absolutely. And then you have, you know, Bo Ryan won four D3 national championships. And, you know, turn that into the Wisconsin-Milwaukee job, which he turned into the Wisconsin job. So there's always that kind of glimmer of hope. But let me tell you, there's a really good quality of life being a Division three basketball coach. You get to see your guys graduate. You know, you get to coach basketball as a, as a vocation. And it's, it's a great place to be. I, I really, the level is, is a lot of fun. How much, um, with it being Division three, is it as serious as far as the win-loss record? Is it just as important um, for a Division one coach to keep, you know, keep that momentum, keep the fans happy, you know, keep the alumni happy and well-fed? The short answer is no. Um, very few Division three schools make, you know, make quick moves based on win-loss record. Um, you know, generally on the D3 level, their focus is more on how you're representing your institution and all those things. I will say that as a young coach, you know, I just turned 32 the other day, like as a young coach, that's a little bit frustrating because, you know, you're, you're very driven by, by win loss and you're trying to get that first head coaching job and you see a program that's maybe been in decline or on the same trajectory and they don't make changes. So the jobs don't turn over nearly as much. I would say the short answer is no. And it, and it can be a little frustrating sometimes. <laughs> So you mentioned in our pre-interview sheet that, you know, obviously Bo Ryan is a hero of yours, Bob Knight, and then also Shaka. I was really surprised VCU's or former VCU head coach Shaka Smart is also one of your heroes. Is there something about those coaches that you love? Well, let me tell you a little bit about how, how Shaka found his way onto that list. Uh, so I played two years of college baseball right out of high school and frankly wasn't quite good enough, you know, whatever. So I decided I want to be a basketball coach. And I contacted about 140 Division One programs offering to work for free. 
the one that got back to me that was the closest was the University of Akron, which was about 10 hours away from where I was from. So I loaded up my car and I moved to Akron. Uh, the head coach there at the time was a guy named Dan Hipscher, the head coach at Texas State American. Now, his top assistant was Keith Danbrot, who's the head coach at Akron now. And his second assistant was this 26-year-old crazy person named Chuck Smart, who I get to watch in practice every day for two years. And you could tell he wasn't long for Akron, Ohio. Like, you could tell this guy was going to – and sure enough, he moved on to Clemson, then Florida as an assistant, and then got the VCU job, and then obviously everybody knew who it was. But getting to watch him every single day as, as a student manager was, a, was an unbelievable experience. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you saw the birth of Havoc. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's funny because you, you couldn't have played more differently from Havoc than how we played at Akron. <laughs> but you can tell this guy just had, you know, had just boundless energy and enthusiasm and was, was going to be very, very successful wherever he ended up. And obviously that's, that's been the case. <laughs> yeah, part of me is kind of sad that he's moved on to a bigger, you know, better school for him, obviously, with his promotion. Sure. But, you know, I'm, it's bittersweet because I, it was kind of fun having two such great coaches. But now oh, yeah, Buzz no Williams question. is over there in Virginia Tech. So it's like, okay, sure. well, we've got to do okay, Buzz. So. You, Will Wade, who is at VCU, is, is a rising star. You, Will Wade is, is going to – they're not going to fall off a whole lot at VCU either because Will Wade is very, very good. As long as the world knows that the center of basketball in Virginia is in Charlottesville, I don't care. <laughs> the, <laughs> And it's true. All right. So uh, with the pack line, with the defense, you know, are you a more defense-minded coach or are you thinking offense really does need to drive the game? So it's funny because I'm going to get left off a, a Christmas card list here probably. But I worked for a guy named Bob Walsh at Rhode Island College. We were a top 20 Division three program in Rhode Island. He's now the head coach at University of Maine, Division One school. And he is one of the great defensive minds I've ever seen or been around. Um, we were, I think, third in the country in points allowed one year when I was there, when I was at Rick. And, you know, we played a very aggressive, you know, half-court style of defense. But we were very, very defensive-oriented. I've always been the guy on staff that's, like, happy when the ball goes through the hoop. <laughs> I've always been the offensive guy, which for most of my bosses was kind of a balance because I've worked for very, very good defensive minds with Coach Walsh. Worked for a guy named Tom Devitt at Wentworth Tech that's a great defensive coach. Chris Bartley at WCI. So I've always been kind of the offense guy. Um, and that's kind of being reflected in how we're doing things at GMC. Uh, we're playing super, super up-tempo. Certainly playing defense, but we're trying to turn you over, trap, run, you know. Uh, we're trying to get the game in the 90s and the 100s the way we want to play, which is certainly a different style from, from a more defensive-oriented tack line. So that's kind of where we're at. But, uh, you know, I think there's a million and one ways to win basketball yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I, and I could see, again, taking off my UVA hat, which is hard. I could see where people would see that it's not fun watching watching Virginia game. It's funny. I've got a vice president at my day job who graduated from UNC, and he calls watching Virginia like watching paint dry. And I'm like, well, it's not boring when you're 30 and 3. I um, say, you know what's most fun is winning. That's what's yeah. most fun. So, um, it'd be really fun to beat. get to that. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really fun to beat Tom Izzo. I'd, I'd like to do that. We haven't experienced that yet. Um, I'm still bitter of, with our seating. You know, and that's something you said. Um, one of your tweets that you did as your defense against the ravenous Wahoos. Um, yeah, you, you go, I like to refer to my tweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, you go like, so Duke doesn't win the regular season or the tournament gets a one seed, but Virginia gets a two. And I was like, amen. Uh, so true. So, you know, it was so funny. The reason why I think you got picked up was there's this um, blog called Streaking the Lawn and they picked yep. up the tweet and that's what happened. And those guys, like they are on it all day long for any kind of UVA coverage. And also, you know, right now we're entering football season and football is not a happy place in Wahoo land. So we're really focused sure, on sure. basketball. So you know, you just, it was a perfect storm. It was a, it was a yeah, slow hey, news thing. It Gino was a Smith very had, slow afternoon in Pulteney, Vermont, you know, so it, it, it made my day a lot more interesting. I'll tell you that. It's so funny. So, so, so we should not be expecting any kind of pack line D from you this season. Probably not. I don't think it really fits what we have for personnel. Uh, you know, again, I, if I had the guys to do it, we'd, you know, I'm, I, like I said, the most fun is winning, but uh, you know, the way we're one of, play and the way we're kind of rebranding our program is is very much about up-tempo and a lot of possessions and for the kind of place we are and the kind of athlete we can get I think that's going to be a, a good fit for us well I think it's great I'm excited I'm going to stay tuned in to see how you guys season is I'd love to have you come back at some point to give us a check-in like what's happening yeah, in the great state you- of Vermont <laughs> and like I said we're gonna have seven you know seven Virginians on our roster this year so yeah two uh, up. keep practicing two lot. up two down yeah, you know, you could be like, honestly, like, you know, that's how the Seattle Seahawks did so well. They had so many Virginians during that, um, when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying, go. good thing. eight presidents, you know, and I'm from Virginia. So there you go. All good things. We're going to go where the talent is, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we want the player. We want players. We're going to go where the talent is. Yeah, but you don't want me playing basketball. I have bad hand-eye coordination, so. All right, coach. Um, if Gal Pal Nation wants to keep track of your progress, where should they go? Sure. Uh, the Green Mountain Athletic Station at uh, greenmtn.com, and uh, like I said, I'm very active on social media. It's uh, at CoachLeo underscore, and you'll get everything from uh, weird musings on Division Three basketball to uh, music, review- music reviews you probably don't care about to <laughs> random anecdotes about Jerry Tarkanian. Lots, lots of good stuff. A lot of fun times. Yeah, and and he is planning, if you're an Oregon Duck fan, to make you guys mad next. He tweeted that, and he's <laughs> promised that. So at some point, that or he could pick on Chip Kelly, and that might bring the ire. So yeah, have, that is just some piling on. That seems too easy. I don't know. If I'm I, I know, I know, I know. Don't pick on other Eagles. I think, you know, all Eagles should kind of stay together. All right. right. Fly, Eagles fly together. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Okay, Gal Pal Nation, all the links to Green Mountain, uh, yeah, Green Mountain College and to Coach Leo are going to be um on the show notes at sportsgalpa.com and of course on blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpa and again i know you're on vacation so thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it and again um it's a funny story so go eagles go who's and i hope you have a great season you know my goal is to really make us the the favorite division three team in vermont for for your entire listening audience i think i think we're off to a good start you know i think we're off to a good start well, hopefully the Wahoos who hear, who listen to this will hopefully they have stopped tweeting you, and they yeah, have. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, we've moved on to probably something else. Someone else has annoyed right. us. You know, Colin Cowherd will eventually get a show again, and he'll start complaining about us, and we'll focus all of our attention on him. You know, and or turkeys I, down I, the road. I couldn't think of a better use of your time. Thanks again to Coach Leah for coming on to the podcast and go Eagles. So my next interview on deck is an incredible businesswoman from my local area who is managing to make women look stylish at uh, lots of different sporting events from head to toe. Enjoy. All right, gals and pals, my guest today, 
I am so excited about this because I am a huge fan of their product. Like I have a pair of their amazing boots in my closet where I record all these podcasts and I love them. Um, I have been strategically stalking them since really early on in the podcast. Immediately I knew when I was going to do this, I wanted them on and they are finally here. We're going to talk football and fashion and some of my favorite topics. So boys, if this is the one episode you want to tune out on, I doubt you want to because how often do you get to hear two girls talk about sports? Like, and it's awesome. So I'm so excited. Anyway, my guest today is Kathleen Cusack. I, I cannot get her last name right. It's no Kathleen. one ever gets it right, Ramona. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's Kathleen, and she is part of the coolest shoe company in the world because guess what kind of shoes they do? Football shoes for girls. It's so exciting. I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, go ahead and say the name of the company for me. Okay, it's Kuche Shoes. So it's C-U-C-E, and you say it, Kuche, and then the word shoes. Yeah, it, they are awesome shoes. They, I can, I'm can. i a personal fan of them. Um, so how did you even get into sports? Let's, let's just go right there. Sure. We, um, My twin sister and I actually uh, are huge Indianapolis Colts fans, and about seven years ago, we went to our first Colts game in Indianapolis, um, they were playing against the New England Patriots, and they play in a dome. So it's 75 degrees and perfect in there when you're watching the game. But walking to and from the stadium is a little messy in November in Indiana. So um, we were pretty much drenched by the time we got to the stadium, and we were dressed head to knee in Colts gear, and we were looking for um, – women's boots, maybe rain boots or snow boots or something that would make it a little more functional to walk to the game. We found that the product didn't exist, so we started to do a little bit of research called the NFL, and a few months later, we were flying to New York City to meet with the NFL licensing department. Wow, that's awesome. And now you don't only just have NFL, you have other leagues as well, correct? We do, yeah. We started with the NFL. This will be our fifth season um, this fall, and then um, we quickly launched an NHL collection for all 30 NHL teams and we do NBA and then we just got college this year so I think we launched about 42 colleges this season. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. And they actually, when they first started out, they had a couple of local schools. Um, you had like James Madison University, for example. I remember those boots. Um, we because, did, yep. And we had Virginia yep. Tech. Yeah, just yeah. a few, but I, I remember because I had emailed you guys because I'm a University of Virginia graduate and I'm like, um, where's UVA? Oh. And we yeah. learned, and it was interesting because each college holds the licensing. So now you've actually partnered with a company so that you can get access to more schools. We have, yeah. When you work with the major leagues, it's great because you have one license and you get to work with all the teams, a part of the league, which makes it a little more simple. Um, but when you work with colleges, a lot of them are done on an individual basis. So it's a little more tedious. So we were really excited to actually pair up with a collegiate licensee um, this year gave us the option to work with a lot more schools on a, on a quicker time frame. Yeah, and the offerings are great. Like, I was on the website earlier today, and super cute. I'm still sad UVA hasn't gotten involved. No, I know it's, I know I know. it's I, I think they will. I think we're, we're actually um, been getting a lot of calls from Cavalier fans and some vendors that carry Cavalier stuff. So I definitely think they'll be a part of the roster next season for sure. We'll have to get you the first pair. Yeah, because I'm like the biggest UVA supporter on the planet. It's ridiculous. Are you so. really? Yeah, no, I willingly go to football games. That's how much I love them. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, no, well, and also baseball and basketball and all the other good sports. But, you know, yeah, we have season tickets to UVA. Yeah, no, yeah. I go to Camp we Wahoo. We have great Virginia teams. They're lucky. 
Yeah, we are lucky. We're, we're lucky, and uh, we won't say anything bad about Virginia Tech because the boots are super cute and hokey colors. <laughs> they are, um, but I, I will keep my opinions to myself. And ODU, which I'm super excited about. So in my local area, we're actually, it's funny because we're from the same hometown of this kind of Hampton Roads area, which is huge in sports. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize how many famous sports stars are from here and how mm-hmm. voracious the fans are. Yeah, it really is. And we don't Virginia doesn't have a team per se when it comes to the major league side, but especially here in Hampton Roads, it's such an, a huge influx of people. So you have so many different types of fans out there. It makes it interesting on game day for sure. And how does your family celebrate game day? I know your family is a lar- fairly large Italian family, and you guys are yeah. huge sports fans, all of you. How do you guys like get together and celebrate game day? Um, we just love to have a good time. My older sister's my my mother's from Philadelphia, and my dad, when he moved from Italy, um, moved to Philadelphia as well. So they're transplants here in Virginia. But um, my older sisters are huge Philadelphia Eagles fans, so they are always super excited. And then we're usually dressed in Colts, or we do a lot of work with the Redskins. Um, it's kind of funny being licensees of the leagues. You find yourself really loving every team. I know that doesn't sound true, but once you're in the league, it, it really is. So we just like to have fun. We love to watch all the games. We always wear all of our apparel and all of our footwear, which is really fun. And just just enjoy the season. It goes by so quickly. So we really try and enjoy every every game day. Now, are there advantages? Like, have you been able to experience, like, cooler things that maybe an average fan wouldn't since you're now kind of a partner with the NFL? Um, we've actually had the pleasure of going to a lot of games and a lot of special events. The um, the NFL in particular is, I think, a league that has really paid attention to their female fan base a little sooner and a little quicker than the other leagues. So they've put on a campaign called the Fit for You campaign, which is a women's campaign, and they do all these great style suites at um, 12 games a year. So they do, um, they have a DJ, uh, cover girls there doing team colored manicures, they hand out champagne, they have all female apparel. So we've actually gotten to participate um, in that at a few stadiums. We've done the Giants, the Jets, the Panthers, the Redskins. Um, so those are always a, a lot of fun. Yeah, there's been some talk. Tampa Bay Buccaneers just released this program called the Red Program, where they're inviting female fans to like special female fan only events where they get to meet the GM, Tampa yeah. Bay stars. Again, get fashion advice. I'm assuming that they'll see your awesome boots um, and shoes let's, and and scarves. I'm a serious fan of your shoes, um, by the way. <laughs> but thank you I've, so much. I've heard a ton of backlash from a lot of female fans going, you know, you're being really stereotypical and you're not addressing like a true female sports fan. And I'm kind of like the opposite. I'm just going, you know what? There's all different kinds of female sports fans, you know, and really I'm going to utilize that program. If I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan to get access to the GM, because otherwise you don't get to see him. Dude. I mean, what do you think? I think so too. And the, the events, a lot of the time, they really try and cater to all different types of women. I know from participating in the style suites, they have a lot of apparel that is very feminine, very girly, um, paired with a lot of high heels, belts, um, you know, tight leather pants. But then they also have the yoga pant collection, fleeces, outerwear. So, you know, we do the same thing with our boot collections. Some of the collections are in your face where they're these vibrant team colors, and then others are a little more for a sophisticated fan that's looking for something maybe with a small logo. So I think there are a lot of types of female fans out there, and 
I think everyone tries to cater to all of them in, in some sort of way. But um, anything to get closer to your team and have a good time while doing it, I think, is a plus. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what are you looking forward to? The NFL season is just a couple weeks away, officially launching. What are you looking forward to? No, I can't believe it. Um, I, you know, honestly, I'm just looking forward to a to a great season. I um, I think it's really going to be a good one. It's It's quite interesting watching how teams transition year after year. Um, if you don't mind my saying, for instance, five years ago when we first started, our biggest teams, you know, with the highlights were always the Steelers, the Giants, the Jets. Um, but it, we've seen such a transition where all of the hot teams now are on the West Coast. Everyone's talking about the 49ers, the Seahawks, um, the Midwest with the Packers, the Broncos. So it's really interesting to see kind of how these teams go into a cycle um, and it makes every season interesting because who's going to be great and who's maybe going to kind of fail. So I'm I'm really excited just to, to see how it goes. Is there a particular team that's more popular with your product? Like is there a particular fan base that has like just gone completely nuts over these accessories and shoes and things? Well, I think since we do boots, um, most of the northern teams – seem to have, you know, really, really want to get their hands on them because it's more of a necessity for them rather than just kind of a fashionable piece on game day. Um, But I'd say our number one selling team right now would be the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just uh, huge, huge. They, they, um, we actually, we don't sell to customers on an individual base. We only sell to stores, to vendors. And um, we will have stores in the state of Washington, for anywhere from a shoe store that carries them down to a pro shop, down to a um, like a drug store or a liquor store that's just in downtown Seattle because everyone wants everything Seahawks. So I, I think that's really the hottest team for us right now. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I guess tw- the, the 12 is really bigger than you think. Yeah, it's huge. It really is. Yeah. And so with offering, you know, the college shoes and everything else, where else is this brand for you guys going to grow? Well, as you know, we are um, a huge ethical company. So all of the products are made with 100% animal-free um, product. We use all of the best synthetic suede and faux furs. Um, so I think we're really la- hoping to launch into a cruelty-free um, footwear that is non-licensed. We do have a lot of female fans that are like, oh, I'd love the same pair of boots, but maybe without a logo on it to wear to, um, you know, work or, you know, perhaps if someone's getting a little more dressed up and they don't want the logo on there, they don't want to look so sporty. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to do that. But we have some really cool ideas coming out next year where we're focusing on the two team colors. So we're, we'll be excited. We're working on the 2016 collection now. So We'll have some sneak peeks very, very oh my, soon. Ooh, that's exciting. That's exciting. So so where do you guys get the ideas for your for your collections? Like do you kind of think about what you and your sister would want to wear or what your friends would want to wear or you kind of do testing? We do. We kind of just test the market. Um, we have a Fan Zone Facebook page where sometimes we'll post um, pictures of what we're thinking about doing or pictures of samples that we've received just to try and get some women's perspective. Um, we use our sisters and our mom a lot, some friends, and really we just try and follow fashion trends. Um, luckily, boots are very, very simple and they stay in style. So you know, maybe we'll add a different color. Maybe we'll add a ribbon or a strap or a wedge just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, so, so far, so good. Again, we we do shorter boots, taller boots, really something that will 
appeal to every type of female fan out there. And so far, it's it's worked beautifully for us. Yeah, and I do have to say, we've, we've chatted about this on through email, but I actually have one of your boots that's a shorter mid-cap boot. Um, oh, so yeah. got, my men, my male listeners right now are going, oh, God, they're talking mid-calf. But <laughs> um, I have bigger calves because I'm a plus-size woman, so it's still I can still find a boot that fits me. So, I, you know, and again, this is not – they're not paying to come on here. I invited them to come on. I want to be really clear about this because I love these shoes so much um, because I love the idea. You guys took what is essentially your fandom, and you said, we love the NFL, and th- this product – doesn't exist so let's turn our fandom into a business and it's a thriving business i mean it's it's incredible and it's a female-owned business i mean how could we not have you on the show thank you so much we really appreciate it it's very sweet of you yeah no seriously and they're super comfortable so ladies i'm telling you um they where can you buy the shoes um you can buy them through nflshop.com correct you can that's um probably one of our biggest vendors where a lot of displaced fans will go um, so you can do that, or you can visit our website is www.lovecoochesshoes.com and you'll, there's a shop key and it'll show you stores that may be in your city. It'll show pro shops. If you plan on going to a game this season, um, college bookstores. So you can go right on there and see anything that you want to, any, anything you want to find pretty much. Yeah, and again, they've got the full list of all of their colleges for their new varsity line on there. The boots are ridiculously cute. UVA, please get your stuff together so that I can wear super cute boots to Camp Wahoo because I've not been you able to really. Them, Ramona. I'm just, I'm just seriously, I'm going to totally say I'm not going to give my Piddly alumni donation <laughs> until I get my boots. I sound like a princess. Like I want my boots and I want them now. Um, seriously, they're super cute. I love your guys' story. Again, um, I can't wait to see what else you guys come up with. And again, ladies, all of the, um, and they make a great gift, guys. So if you got a super cute, sporty girlfriend or wife or daughter, you know, think about picking up a pair of these so that they can be comfortable on game day because there's nothing worse than her, feeding her feet that are hurt. But sometimes you do not have to, yeah, you do not have to sacrifice comfort for fashion anymore, ladies. I mean, we can be super cute and be comfortable. I love that. So, so anyway, the um, all the websites are going to be linked onto my show notes at sportsgalpal.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal, including the link to their awesome Facebook page. I have been on there several times, and they really do interact with their fans. They ask for opinions. They show off something new. Um, and a lot of times it's funny. They're like, can I see um, this in the, you know, whatever team color? Or And you guys will put it on. And you and your sister are the models a lot, a lot of the time. We do. We just have so much fun with it. We have um, some rescue dogs, and those are our mascots. So a lot of the time we'll put them in maybe some of our fleeces and try and incorporate them. And it's really fun because then fans will send us pictures of their pets and their favorite team gear. So we really, really like to interact with fans. It's, It's just a great time. Again, so again, go to lovecouchexshoes.com. I did not say that right. That's okay. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> I got pretty close. I normally call it, I, I honestly, it looks like QC, QC. Like, like that's the way it is. It's like it love, C-U-C-E. There's like a apostrophe shoes. That's okay. Let me tell you something, Ramona. Five years ago when we named the company, that's our last name. So we figured it would be, you know, really cool to do it. I'm regretting it. I regret it every day. But hopefully one day it'll catch on and it'll be easy to say. But, hey, it's all in good fun, right? It's all in good fun. And the shoes are super cute. And it's a great way to show off your fandom. Or it's a great way to support your favorite guy's team if he happens to drag you to a football game. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate it. 
Isn't she just the coolest? I love her story. I love that she was able to turn her passion for sports into a viable business that she and her sister are running. And I can just see the sky's the limit for these two amazing women. And I, again, love their product. I do not receive anything for having them on. (laughs) They're not sponsored or anything. I just love the fact that, again, it just shows you that you don't have to be an athlete to be involved in sports. So I want to thank both of my guests for coming on today. And remember, don't hate the game. Just try to understand why the rest of us love it so much. To keep up with all things Galpal Nation, make sure you're following me on Twitter. And please, 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 if you love the podcast, leave a review in iTunes. It helps other people discover the podcast. It helps me see what you like, and it helps me grow as a podcaster. So again, thanks, Galpal Nation, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.